Emma, what one? I'm David. Uh, would you like yes. me to swap with Emma? Can um, anyone else hear David? Yeah, yeah, I think the, the, we got the core folks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's between you, you and she. Okay. At the ninth hall, right. we'll swap. Okay. <laughs> sounds sounds good. great. All right. Who's that? Uh, I think uh, Karen's going first here. Oh, okay. Are we actually well, streaming? Welcome everyone to the live stream. Yeah, we're streaming. Oh. It's on. Awesome. Uh, welcome to the live stream. Hello world. So I Hello think we, live stream. Our, our tradition is that you introduce yourself on the first putt, so you can do your first shot and then introduce yourself, Karen, and let everyone know who you are. Okay. Well, uh, hi everybody. This is Karen Prell. I was the original puppeteer for the Worm in the movie Labyrinth, and I'm really excited to be back in that world and have a bunch of friends checking out with me. So I'm trying this first, first putt here. You'll be judged. Oh, that almost. And blink. You'll be Magically. judged entirely on your mini golf skills. However, oh, that's, the, that's the of course. Rub. Okay. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, try again. Oh, oh, I need my. Uh, oh, it'll be whip. the uh, the. It'll be the next person's the next turn. Person. So I think David is up. Oh, 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 take, okay, this first, first time playing yeah. with a group. Okay. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> and this is also sort of like trial by fire, live streaming, and also just the uh, the sheer number of people that we got in here. Mm -hmm. And I am uh, Sir Didymus, and I do uh, communications for Mighty Coconut. <laughs> no, David, the trick is to get oh. it in the hole. Ah, <laughs> now you tell me. <laughs> Pro tips. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. Uh, I'm Zach Alexander. I'm the lead concept artist oh. at Mighty Coconut. All right. I draw all the pictures. Well, not all the pictures, but I draw a lot of pictures. Nice. You do it. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. Okay. I practiced this shot a couple of times now on all of the, on our multiple tries getting everything set up, and it helped. Okay. Sweet. And you are? Did you introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. sorry. Yes, yeah. I'm Who Lucas you, Martell. Lucas? I was the creator of Walkabout. All right. Uh, I don't know where the camera went, but hi, camera. Uh, I'm Jared. I didn't work on Labyrinth all this whole. Um, I'm just lucky to be here. <laughs> No, I'm from uh, toughpigs.com, which is a uh, Muppet fan site. Awesome. Welcome. A great Muppet fan site. Yeah, awesome Muppet fan site for awesome Muppet fans. <laughs> Thank you very much. We try. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, Edward. I'm the uh, Australian office of Mighty Coconut, and I am the... I'm going to say terrible shot. Uh, I the, do the worst golfer on the, of the group. I am the worst golfer <laughs> so, on the team. I haven't things done like, it yet. You know, the house, <laughs> the maze. Um, so I take the basic shape and pretty it up and make it look nice. And I also do the uh, putters and the golf balls. Yes. I think there's only and room for one part? Australian here. So. <laughs> That's right. Bye. Um, I'm Don Carson. I'm an art director here at Mighty Coconut. And a terrible golfer. <laughs> yeah. 
He draws lots of awesome pictures too. Yeah, we're drawers. Two D artists unite. No, just kidding. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is is it back to me yet, or have we got one more? I think uh, so. Wesley that. has to go. Yeah, we had problems yeah. with observer mode, so I think Wesley actually has to play is the problem. He gets to go. <laughs> I think we he has the headset sitting on the music stand, though, is the problem. <laughs> Sorry, Wesley. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, Karay, you get to play. <laughs> Wesley is usually our camera person, but oh. yes. There, there we go. It says my turn. All right, here I come. Mm -hmm. There you go. All right. Let's see what I have learned. Much better. <laughs> I got that far. <laughs> <sighs> Just keeping an eye on the uh, live stream chat here. Uh, Karen, there's there's so much love pouring out for you. Just oh my god, uh, people telling you you did a wonderful, <laughs> a wonderful job animating the worm, and and I'd also like to throw in that I think you did a wonderful job animating Wheatley, and your work at Valve is just mwah, delightful. There's just just a, a lot of lot of crossover bringing characters to life. Well, I mean, can we quickly just point out you are Red Fraggle from Fraggle Rock? I feel like that needs to be brought up. Yes, and and those who want to learn more about the uh, the uh, reboot of Fraggle Rock, there's an awesome podcast on Tough Pigs called Fraggle there Talk. There is Fraggle, Fraggle Talk, hosted Fraggle by uh, Joe Hennes. Behind the scenes. Nice. Oh, that's is that my replay? I was doing a little bit of moderating. How, that's I your didn't replay. Anything. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Karen, I'm actually very curious to hear about that kind of transition from like physical handheld puppeteering to to digital animation because you've you've done it all basically. Uh, well, I uh, I was I was a fan of Disney animation even while I was uh, uh, puppeteering, but hand drawn animation is man, that's a that's a big big skill. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, but once computers started being able to, to help out with animation so that, nice. you know, the, the character would stay on model every time <laughs> mm -hmm. and you were just, <laughs> and you were just moving it like puppeteering it, then it, uh, uh, it really helped me have uh, a gateway into, uh, to, to doing animation. So one of our uh, viewers asked, besides the worm, which they they love, of course, you know that. Um, what are some of your other uh, favorite uh, puppets that you have uh, puppeteered? Oh gosh, um, well I like I like performing in in in, uh, in labyrinth. I perform, uh, like performing various goblins. Um, uh, I did the the one that has a giant helmet that's eating a chicken leg. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> and 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 sometimes sits at the by the the feet of uh, of of Jareth. I, I did did that one, and uh, and then just a few others running around. I enjoyed uh, working on Shaft of Hands. The uh, oh yeah, the, the one that's the one that's got a, a mustache. That my hands are the mustache for that one. <laughs> oh, my turn. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I, I love the extendo uh, 
Um, oh, um, the fact that the putter always, yeah, match hits yeah, whatever length yeah. it needs to be. When I was first playing, uh -huh. I was singing, oh man, these are so long, and then I realized I would adjust to you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. It's terrific. I went to uh, playing real mini golf oh, after okay. this. And you yeah, go, oh, after this, putters. and then your putter just like drags along the <laughs> ground really anticlimactically and just feels very, makes a nasty it's sound. It's so heavy. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, and hot and sweaty out there. It's just like there's bugs and other people, and yeah. <laughs> Like well, I shouldn't say that. There's some real like mini golf here. folks who are who are watching and probably yeah who are, yeah no real mini golf is also great. It's just it's we're, very different. We're just bad at it, and therefore yeah I we're enjoy yeah it. we we stay in our stay in our lane. So one of the viewers wants to know if you That's got horrible. to meet David Bowie during the uh, making oh, yeah. of the movie. Yeah, we we were and, we were working right next to him. In fact, the um. Uh, the uh, inside the the labyrinth documentary, which I think is maybe floating around YouTube somewhere, um, uh, they show s shots of us in the um, uh, the the throne room, um, all the puppeteers in a pit in the floor, and David Bowie uh, walk, walking around up at, at the floor level, and and uh, uh, me and Brian Henson and some other puppeteers just puppeteering right next to. Uh, uh, to, to David Bowie, so yeah, he was working right with us, and uh, he he was he was just really really friendly and really interested in the puppets and the, the whole the whole process, because uh, you know he was a he was a performance artist, so this this was his kind of thing. Okay, here we go. I love the little sound it makes; it's just perfect. It's just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, uh, I'm we actually should have reached out to you bro. because, yeah, all of the the goblin sounds oh. were. I, I recorded those in in my car. I wish we had been in contact. I could have gotten you to do a couple of them, and it probably would have sounded or would have, yeah, would have been a little more authentic. I love the mental image Can I of ask you Karen and if... the family in the car, just going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I ask Karen a question? Sure. Yeah. yeah, Karen, can you tell me about uh, working with Jim as a director? Oh man, he he was just like one of a kind. He was just so so joyful. So even the the, the cra craziest, most complicated thing, he was just going for, um, you know, what was going to be the best idea and what was going to be the most fun, not only for the audience but for the people performing. And he would mm -hmm. just be, you know, smiling and excited, and especially when he was performing, uh, he, he would just be, you know, get in there and smiling. And even as a, as a director, um, I got some pictures during Labyrinth where he was just watching us on the monitor or watching puppeteers with a big smile on his face, just, just seeing how it was all, all working. So uh, he just uh, appreciated everybody's, everybody's hard work and, and uh, you know, and was able to, to appreciate the, the fun of everything just as if he was an audience member. And that really, that really helped the, the productions be really special. Yeah, great. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. Awesome. Great. Yeah. And before oh. we were, uh, um, before that we were uh, uh, playing here, we were we were chatting as we were kind of getting set up, and you were saying it was kind of kind of cool to kind of come back to Labyrinth just because it's such a um, 
that even though it's low poly and it feels very different, you, it sounded like uh, we, we hopefully didn't miss the mark too much in terms of recreating what it was actually, what it actually felt like to be on the set. Oh yeah, I was I was asking, were you working from like set blueprint or something? Because there's certain things just, <laughs> just walking in there is like, I feel like I'm back on the set again. Mm -hmm. I have actually a super like nerdy like industry question. I'm just kind of curious with something like Labyrinth, like when you've got that many puppets and puppeteers, a lot of shots were super complex in that. Was it like, I'm just curious, like how long that entire process was of just shooting that. And this is a very like insider baseball question, but I can't imagine that wrangling that was easy. Um, well, it was, uh, you know, a lot of planning uh, and we had uh, uh, Kevin Clash and Brian Henson were our puppet captains. So they would work with Jim mm -hmm. Uh, and and the producers just to, to figure out, you know, the, the the puppet coordination side of of things, and it was it was a it was a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, so probably not too unlike then a, a a regular live action film, just in terms of how you know talking to, except you're talking to the puppeteers as opposed to talking to the yeah. you know the on screen actors basically, but same direction, yeah, yeah. same everything. Except it's it's really like every puppet shot is a special effects shot. So it's not yeah. just, you know, the, the character can walk in using their own legs and know where they're looking. Mm -hmm. It's it's like that extra added layer you always have with, with puppets where uh, uh, getting it to uh, give the impression of, of life and, and weight and, and, and movement with, right. with all the, uh, uh, the, the magic that goes into making it work. So one of our viewers wanted to know if um, puppeteering sort of takes a toll, how exhausting it is physically. Does it take a toll on you over time? Is it taxing on you physically? Because, you know, so many complex uh, uh, creatures and I know there's a lot of contortions involved. So they want to know sort of how that is physically to do uh, puppeteering. Uh, well, most of the time you're, you're just working in little short bursts. Um, so, so it's not like you're you're doing you you have your your hand up for like 20 minutes or something um uh sometimes like in 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 junk woman it was so kind of tricky getting in and and out of her then uh even in between we do you know short takes but then in between i just have to kind of sit on a chair rather than totally taking her off so um that that uh, uh that was uh that was tricky but most of the time you're just shooting in short bits and uh, in between, you just kind of relax and take the puppet off, and and uh, it's it's more just the, the effort of doing anything for long days. You know, shooting on a film, you're sh you're shooting long days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's good though. It's I so, know I think we've talked a little bit before about like lot or uh, stop motion, where sometimes like that can be really demanding, where you're spending the entire day in weird positions, leaning over, you know elaborate sets trying not to bump anything and, and all that but yeah that's great that it's a bit more you can you've got a break between it you're not just constantly doing it yeah yeah and sometimes even if if, if you're in you know in some having to crawl underneath or be in some weird weird position the the best naps i've had were when i had to crawl into some weird inaccessible place and it was hard to get out of so i just lay down in between takes and sleep <laughs> <laughs> So some of the questions we're getting from the chat are like how we decided what to include and what not to include in the Labyrinth course. So do you all want to talk about sort of 
what made the cut, what didn't make the cut, how it's sort of, uh, it's done. That's a oh, Don question. Uh, well, we wanted to make sure that we created the experience of as much of the labyrinth as possible. And then since each of our 18 holes had the potential of being their own scenes, we just were kind of limited to 18 in a way. And then it was a matter of picking those environments that Bets supported interacting with uh, mini golf. So if anything didn't make the cut, it probably more had to do with, uh, it was less place-based and, and there was less opportunity for a really nice interaction as far as mini golf is concerned. Mm. Yeah. Cause I know you also did the, uh, the fireies as well, which that was actually one of the scenes that we weren't able to get in cause we had to cut something in that because it took place sort of in a bit of a, more of a void and it was more of a special effects thing. It, the, the environment for that one was harder to get in. It's so environmental that I know a couple of people mm. have asked about the fireies and yeah, we wanted yeah. to get everything in, but that was one of the ones that we had to sort of, yeah, hold on to the environment stuff. Yeah. And the trash. Yeah, lady. makes sense. Makes we sense. Had to lose the yeah, I think it may be your shot. I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't see the thing, but let me see or if, could if be I Wesley's. Okay. It popped it me there, so it's my shot. Oh. Yeah, Wesley, mm -hmm. I think it's your shot. I'm not sure. Oh. Yeah, we we also don't have the junk lady, and that was also mostly because of the amount of junk that we would have to put in would oh, have been very man, I, poly intensive. I, I hear I hear the, the, either the the um uh uh yeah the, the junkyard yeah and not junkyard not really nice a uh, a golf <laughs> a golf friendly place. <laughs> yeah. Well even that uh because one of the other really iconic scenes was the ballroom and for folks who haven't played the hard version that was sort of the concession is that we realized afterwards that, oh, we could sort of set the entire hard version of the course as if the masquerade ball is happening. And we were able mm. to get that, that scene sort of represented in a way, um, mm. which I'm actually really happy if you haven't played the hard version that we, that's, that's kind of where we were able to put that. And we ended up making it a, a much larger part of the kind of the entire mm -hmm. hard course is built around it. But that was when we managed to sneak in there. Okay. So a couple uh, of the questions the are from. Sorry, I was say, the person who designed, like, who built Hoggle in the room. Sorry, I don't quite know who everyone is. That um, would be because he is amazing. I'm gonna. Oh, okay. I'm gonna swap with Emma in a little bit. Um, okay. Once I've talked he's, more about yeah, the he's, environment he's, stuff. He's really sweet. Oh, his animation great. is nice, and his design is so fun. Yeah. Henning animated and, and, that one, Emma modeled, and Zach, you did, you were, so Zach was really involved with the characters, designs, and especially the translation of the existing models into, or the, yeah, the existing puppets into sort of like the low poly aesthetic. So yeah, Zach, maybe you can talk a bit about, yeah, kind of bringing the characters over to low poly. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we have like a kind of an aesthetic we're trying to like stick to in the game, like enjoying the low poly kind of vibes mm -hmm. that we have going on. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would take a, you know, a screenshot of uh, one of the, one of the characters like Hoggle here, and I would sort of draw out what and a, a basic mesh might look like. And uh, I have like this sort of benefit of knowing 3D, but not 100% knowing 3D. So a lot of my <laughs> choices were more aesthetic as opposed to function, which I thought kind of like fit well with like 
kind of the aesthetic that we have going on in the game. And it ended up working really well when I would pass these off to Edward or Emma or anybody to, to make these characters. And they did a really great job of, of taking those drawings to heart. And, and uh, kind of the great <laughs> part about doing this is that it's like never one's person's job. It's like this really cool collaborative, like, uh, pipeline of where you get to see the final product. Like when I first came in here and, and saw all the animations that Henning had did for him and just sort of saw him come to life. It was just so cool. Yeah. And I love, he's, he's, keep, he's got, he's the got game. the little face on the back of his vest. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get that in there. Well, yeah. Uh, speaking and, of which, let's but, move on to the whole three. We'll, well get up to a couple of questions are sort of about sequencing. So people want to know, like, does the course, how does the course follow the storyline? And also Ludo, why does he show up twice? Why is that? People are really curious. Oh, Don, you are right. Your your rule <laughs> of the second character, the second Ludo. <laughs> yeah, um, That's well, we had to have twice him. as good. But we had to have him in Calling the Rocks, so that's why we ended up having him second. But it is a theme park uh, rule that uh, when we're in the theater and the curtains close and it opens again, we see an actor, we are willing to believe that, that's, that there's only one actor. But when a theme park, if you see the same character twice, you register it as two separate people. So mm -hmm. um, that's, that's the Ludo effect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And it breaks the immersion by having two. So we thought we might be able to get away with it, but... Uh, we got caught. Well, part of the reason that we also needed him up there calling was because in one of the original versions, we had the rocks actually rolling through that, which was one of the scenes from the movie um, on whole, would that be 15? And we actually ended up cutting that from gameplay because no one could complete the whole without going, just like taking hard. a dozen strokes. It was just really <laughs> mean. So we had to simplify it and made the rock sit still. So, so this a little bit of the question, which calling people, was lost. People wanted to know, they, they're appreciating the special mechanics and features. Are there things that we wanted to do that we couldn't do or things we had to sort of take out? Do you want to comment on that, Lucas? Yeah, I mean, the, the yeah, the rocks, oh, good shot. The rocks uh, rolling were definitely one of them, but that was cut more just because it was so ridiculously hard to do. Um, I'm, I'm going through all of the scenes in my, or all the moments in my head to see if there was any others. I think that just about everything else made it in. Um, if anything, we usually start off with a fairly, um, uh, we usually start off with a fairly uh, ambitious sort of way of doing things. And a lot of times what ends up getting cut is as much about sort of like what actually works as it is about technical requirements and all that. So, yeah, I don't think that there was really we, we pretty much left it all in the field with this one. I feel like we, we found a way to make mm -hmm. pretty much everything work, um, including that whole 17 that I know a lot of people have, have talked about, which I won't spoil if you haven't seen it, but mm -hmm. chances are you, you know what I'm talking about. So, so what, what I want to know, I, I started exploring, is does this go all the way around? I, I love that you can just explore this environment. I mean, ooh, you it, can find all kinds it, of things. It is explorable. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's fully, yeah. In fact, if you Edward keep going, there's actually minute, another minute. entrance in the maze further down there. I uh, spent a lot of time making sure that it all goes around, there's a complete labyrinth, <laughs> and that there are no straight lines. 
in the level Ooh. everything is slightly curved everything's to give it more of the handmade feel that you don't often yep. get in digital work Ooh. so you nice can shirt. go and it, it reminds me so much i don't want to send you away being... but <laughs> if you want to get lost me so in the labyrinth <laughs> Actually, so how long that did this was one of the other things that we end. ended up. Oh, uh, you were asking how long it took from start to end? I think we how long, this how one long took, took a, Yeah. It months? took about, um, I think this was about nine or ten months of fairly okay. consistent work. So we've kind of extended that out a little bit with the other with the other courses. So that's maybe a little bit longer, just because the scale of this one is so just physically big. I mm -hmm. think that you could fit most of our other, you could fit like two or three of our other courses inside the footprint for this one, just the, the playable area. Yeah. Um, oh, wow! Although you were mentioning um, something, Karen, that reminded me of one other thing that we did end up cutting is. Don had done some really awesome, like, forced perspective stuff that matched, like, having the tunnel actually go into a forced perspective sort of thing where it closes in and gets smaller. It just didn't work in VR. And, in fact, we also mm. had the idea around the worm where we wanted to have that moment where it reveals the, you know, the hidden, the hidden doorway. And once people are not, it's not on camera, you can't do the forced perspective tricks. And it's, so it just didn't, gotta, it didn't work in VR. Yeah, it's got to be from one exact camera angle. And in VR, mm -hmm. you could see all behind the curtains. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there were yeah. there were a couple of things like that that we, uh, they just didn't end up working in VR. But that was just kind of I, intrinsic I to sort of to, like how we were doing it. Yeah. I'm going to see if I, I can run around to, before it's my turn. I'm, go okay. I'm going for it. I'm going to see how far I can okay. go. Here we go. Ooh, no detours, just straight around my edge there. Whoop, I'm getting tangled up in my wire. <laughs> this is huge. Oh, my turn. Oh, well. <laughs> I got like an eighth of the way. Next time. It's massive. I like that idea, though. Speed running a lot of the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speed amazing. Okay, I was I'm gonna say, run a lot again. of players <laughs> online have decided that like hide and seek is a really fun game to play while you're in here, and just yeah. adding a course that has a maze just makes it even more fun. I think. Yeah. Although I don't know how right. you would find anyone in there. Like you wouldn't have to even hide that well. Just go anywhere out there, and it'll take forever to find somebody. I would feel like, but. I guess if you allow people to fly. Yeah. Oh, going over the hill. He's halfway. <laughs> Can, is someone tracking me? Um, <laughs> ah, I'll fly up and take a look at where you're at. Woo! Oh, you're. Oh, I see you're coming. <laughs> yep, you're almost it's like, there. It's like oh, a loading bar. Oh well. Oh well. There we go. Whoops. Yeah, I need to. Walking off my. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think one of one of the other things that was so different on this course compared to a couple of the other courses was that we really like each hole does really sort of occupy a scene from the movie, um, yeah. which is that's I mean that's what gives it such a massive massive feel, and I love how. Um, how it just like every time you start a new hole, you're in a whole new environment and it really sort of reveals itself throughout the whole game and it's just constantly evolving as opposed to 
some of the other courses that are a bit more open um, where you just feel it, but it, it, to me, it doesn't really feel even claustrophobic at all because you're just constantly finding new stuff as you play through. So it was, Don, it was super interesting to see how you took that, all of those, all those scenes and stitched them together in a way that that sort of an early 2D oh. concept drawings. Yeah. And Henning, Henning and I ge like to Can't geek out me. about how composition and how each scene reveals itself. So we put a lot of effort in turning a corner and then seeing a framed Ludo or a framed wise man or having the, the Goblin City reveal itself as you turn the corner. Mm -hmm. Check it out, the worm here. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so fun. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> and the worm was animated by that. Chase, correct? <laughs> yeah, Chase did that. Yeah. Chase did the yes. worm. Henning Chase did the, the wise man. Yeah, Henning did the wise man and um, and Hoggle, and I huh. think everything else was Chase. So yeah. But yeah. But is it, is it my? I didn't see the thing. Is it my turn? I think it's you, Karen. Yeah. Okay. Yep. okay. Oops. My, uh... It was because this is also the first time that we have done. Um, that we've done characters especially like this we've had you know the sheep and stuff but i think one of the biggest challenges for us is that because they were going to be there kind of constantly throughout we kind of had to invent a bit of business for them to always be doing without yeah. it seeming like because like getting the getting a vr character to actually look at you is incredibly hard and you oh, kind of yeah. have to sacrifice a lot of acting in order to let the code sort of take over. So kind of coming up with a bit of business for each of them was, that was a decent bit of work to see what worked and what didn't. And and yeah, we went through a couple different versions of the worm before we finally had to go with, yeah, his, his sleepy tea. Yes. <laughs> and it's the, the, the tea from Sweetopia in the uh, Walkabout Mini Golf Extended Universe. Ah! Oh, yes. <laughs> if you notice the China pattern, it actually has like golfers on it. It was in, in one of our other courses. Oh, wow. Mm. So but, uh, one of our, one of our viewers wanted to know. Yes, absolutely. And she actually does ceramics in real life. Um, so one of our viewers wanted to know, Karen, if you got to keep some of the kind of ephemera from the, the making of the movie. We got to go out to Henson Studio and see a little bit of it, but they let us know that a lot of that has been sort of you know, dispersed in different museums, but did you get to hold on to any of the puppets or uh, props from the film? No, the, um, uh, the, 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 the puppets, you know, they, they, they hang on to all those and, and uh, uh, the foam latex has to be really looked after very, very carefully. Um, so, uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but there, there was a, a really, really lovely plaster um, cast of the worm that was used to practice. It was it was made from the same mold that the latex skin came from, but they did a plaster version to um, uh, practice the, um, uh, the the painting. Mar Marion Appleton is, is uh, the person who did the beautiful beautiful paint job on the worm, and uh, um, and so that that worm got. Uh, 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 got got saved and it, it's it's uh, now in uh, uh, the uh, Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta. Nice, um, nice. But uh, 
And they were really helpful with us. They sent us some 3D scans of the puppets and they've been helping us with the, uh, we're doing a charity tournament in about a week or so benefiting them. They've given us some wonderful prizes. They've been just great. Nice. Yeah. And I, I did I did a test when I was trying this out before to see when these when these uh, um, stones are turning. If you hit the bowl down there, what happens? And it just resets. So I, I uh, yeah mm-hmm. I yeah don't do up. that. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> um, I'm also kind of curious on the on the physical puppets. Do they often have like do they have multiples that they're sort of like going between? Like, do those puppets get kind of worn out that they need to have multiples on set when they're shooting, or is it always it, just it the single one? How much, it depends how much they're they're used. They they had like multiples. Uh, I, th- I think they I think they have two of Didymus, or or they might have two that do slightly different things. Like Ludo had a happy face and an angry face, and I think Hoggle had a had a happy face and a grumpy face, and I think he ended up using his grumpy face most of the time. But in the music <laughs> video, if you remember the Labyrinth music videos, I think they Hoggle was finally had a chance to wear his happy face. <laughs> 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 uh, but but so, some characters that just have one scene, especially with, with these were just, you know, very complicated animatronic characters, so with, with all the mechanisms and, and all the, the work with, with them having having multiples of them, if they just have one scene, uh, uh, you know, it, it wasn't wasn't really needed. You just had to be very very careful with them, and uh, if necessary, the skin could be swapped out uh, if something got dirtier or damaged. Keep the same mechanisms, but put a, a, a fresh skin on the uh, existing head. So people. A few people have asked about the kind of the corollary between practical puppetry and animating characters in a VR game. So do you all, I know, Karen, your talents bridge those two sort of disciplines in terms of uh, animation. So what are the... I chopped it. Does that count? I probably count. Oh, bumped it. Yeah. Yeah, We're super super rule followers when it comes to that. So is there is there any corollary between like physical practical puppeteering and rigging digital animation? Um, well, I've 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 mainly done animation of uh, of of digital characters. Uh, sometimes just like super super basic um, uh, rigging, um, but the, the 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 main the main thing with uh, uh, at, at, at least hand puppets, like the, um, the 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 middle of the puppet has a hand in it, so it just needs to have like the right framework, and then uh, uh, some of the rigging is is just the peripheral things like the arms and legs and 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 tails, or within the head if it's animatronics, uh, all the mm-hmm. all the framework for mm-hmm. for for that. But uh, both of them just require just a good knowledge of of. Uh, uh, of our organics and, and movement to, so that uh, whether it's an animator or a puppeteer so they can get uh, get the, the acting they uh, they need. I feel like we might need to trim that rock down. I don't think that anyone would complain if we shaved that rock down a little bit. <laughs> so this, this taps into a question that's on the chat right now, which is that uh, one, is this whole uh, hole in one And two, do we actually plan 
ways to make them whole and wander do people just figure, figure that out on their own so we have a general um guideline where we want most of the holes to be whole and wantable we won't necessarily um we won't necessarily not do a hole if it doesn't seem practically and i think at this point every hole in the game has been hole in one but some of those are not what we would consider hole in one oneable they're just like crazy ridiculous trick shots that people have done or found out so most oh. holes in the game are hole in oneable but i don't know if this one has been yet but there's i mean there's definitely a way if you if you just send it down there there's likely a there's likely a path through but this is definitely one that was not necessarily designed as that <clears throat> This, this is a blue moon right now, because I've never had this much trouble on this hole. <laughs> I think, well, this is also the first time we've played eight players, I think, or that I've played eight players in uh, this course, and it's just a lot more, um, when you're waiting a lot longer between your turn, you've uh, you got to think about it a little bit more. Um, you got to polish the conversation had, skills. Yeah, I actually had a, um, a kind of a follow-up animation question while you're loading up the next one, David. Um, I'm curious, Karen, because you've also been doing so much, uh, both real uh, physical puppetry and the digital stuff. Have you played around with any of the new digital puppetry that's kind of people have started to do, especially Henson, in the last you know the Ooh. last decade or so? I I briefly tried the um, uh, the uh, a, a few versions of the the the, the Henson. Uh, um, digital performance uh system but it's uh it's like learning a, a musical instrument like if you've never played yeah. a piano um then you don't just kind of i i kind of practice for for a day and then try doing something yeah. but that's like you know practicing a piano for a day and then playing a concert at carnegie hall you gotcha. know, it's just, it's so just, it's, it's it using it's so it's not it's, there's not a one-to-one -one corollary with the traditional puppeteering then it is kind of a different you know, kind of an adjacent skill then? It's, um, it, uh, if you set it up right, there's, there's like learning how to, uh, with the, with the, the Henson performance system, there's, there's, uh, uh, the, the way to, to set it up so that the, the controls, um, work with what you instinctively want to do as, as a performer, and that tends to be different for every performer. And so mm -hmm. once you get to the point where you have a system figured out with what you want each stick and, and each control and each input to, to do, uh, then it can be just as instant as, uh, as, as puppeteering. And, and, and like I said, I, I, I tried to just learn it very quickly, um, but uh, it just takes more time. So the people that are really awesome at it, they've just been doing it for years. And they're, they're so gotcha. good at so setting up the controls as well as, as well as performing them. Gotcha. So on something like Labyrinth, then, like you were probably working like the worm, for instance, you were likely working quite a bit with the people doing the actual rigging and puppet puppet making in order to make sure that it was you had different controls and where you wanted them and kind of influencing how it was actually built then. Well, the, the worm actually actually was was uh, was pretty, pretty simple. First of all, the um, uh, so there's like a little finger-sized worm, actually smaller than the worm you've got there, um, uh, uh -huh. and then a hand puppet-sized one. And uh, uh, so the hand puppet-sized one was a hollow skin, 
And then the inside of it had like a, a plastic and foam rubber framework that was fitted out by Raleigh Crewson, who built the Red Fraggle puppet. So, uh, uh, and that puppet was a Stradivarius, and I knew just having her work on this, she'd make another Stradivarius. So I was very, very, very pleased about that. So, so yeah, I just, I just uh, discussed with, with her what, what uh, where my hand was going to be and what I was going to be doing. And then um, uh, there's kind of the separate skull that holds the, um, the, the mechanisms. Um, and that just gets uh, padded out so that uh, the, the hand can fit against it properly. But the, the eye mechanisms for the worm, it was uh, just a really simple joystick. Uh, just uh, I, I, I sat behind a, a giant-sized brick wall and reached my hand through a hole in the wall to puppeteer the, the um, head and the mouth of the worm. And then my left hand... Um, was able to do just this one joystick, one direction, blink the eyes, and the other turn the eyes. Ah, almost. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just it allowed me. So I did some some practice, but it was it was pretty straightforward. Um, and yeah. I, and it, controlling it all myself allowed me to be spontaneous and try try different things on different takes. Um, and are you are you usually looking at that on like a reference monitor so you can see what's happening on screen? Then you've got yes, a... yes, Look, looking at a looking at a monitor um, that shows exactly the view of the camera because so much of of what makes the the Henson style puppets work is just the slight the slight little ways that you cheat. Let me get those. Boink. The slight little ways you Boink. cheat the um, the eye focus and the uh, uh, the head and the body to. Uh, uh, get get emotions and, and movements to uh, to read. So so seeing exactly what the audience will be seeing is is absolutely crucial. Cool. It is has there been a puppet uh, where you felt like you just instantly connected uh, more so than any other performance where you were handed a puppet and you just went, oh yeah, this I've got no practice. Or rather, one that just you felt Ooh. called to you straight away. Ooh, so close. Well, Red, Red Fraggle mm -hmm. certainly, certainly was uh, was was pretty magical to to perform. Although I I started performing her when I was still pretty new to puppeteering, so there there was a period of time where I was just getting used to how to be a puppeteer, um, and and how to look at at uh, the regular skin monitors. Um, and uh, how to, you know, physically have my body next to other puppeteers' bodies when you're moving around on the set, and and uh, how to understand how cutting between different cameras works. So that that was like the big part of starting out being a Henson puppeteer. Um, and so once I had that figured out, then physically puppeteering Red, just because it's such a beautiful puppet. Um, yeah, that was lame. Uh, she, she, she we're really kind of like, we're really kind of spoiling this hole for the folks who haven't played it before because it's pretty clear yeah. which one you're supposed to choose. <laughs> Look away! I don't know what you're talking about. I'm still so confused. <laughs> I, <laughs> Man, there were so many of us doing these guys. We had, gosh, was it what three or four people for each one? And we were behind, you know, wow. behind the door, reaching through, and and uh, it, was, it was crazy. 
Oh, so there was sort of like, yeah, so there were, there were four people puppeteering each of those. Were, were some of those um, remote, like, I don't know what you would call it, but sort of like more like an animatronic sort of thing? Or was it, was it all like actual physical? All, all the heads were hand puppets. Mm -hmm. um, and the, uh, uh, I think some, some of the, some of the hands were live and some were, were just static and fastened to the door just because we didn't have room to have enough people back there. Mm -hmm. ah. And just for the folks at home. And someone was puppeteering the, the foot. It was like a separate thing. I assume with the hands, yeah. they weren't sticking their feet through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be upside down for an, for a, you know, twenty minutes <laughs> while you're getting the shot would be. Okay, let me. I'm I'm just gonna try this. What happens? So Jared, I had a question for you. Yeah. Which is, you know, someone that spent so much time thinking and writing about it and interacting with the Henson fandom. What was it like? Mm -hmm. And you'd been a walkabout player previously to reviewing it, I yep. believe. So what was it like sort of seeing it through and reviewing it through that lens of people that may not understand VR, have tried VR, sort of, you know, how did you think it translated yeah. what some of the challenges? I was um, gobsmacked by the scale of it. That was probably the thing that got me. The fact that you can fly up and you can solve this maze if you want to. Um, and just you feel small. Like, I feel like I'm standing in a giant, uh, you know, labyrinth when really I'm standing in my bedroom. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's so... And just seeing the attention to detail. Now, I played this with a friend of mine who has never seen Labyrinth. And ah. I was curious to see Ooh. what his... Um, that was a close shot. Uh, curious to see what his um, impression was going to be. And he was just as blown away as, uh, as I was. Now, I had to explain to him who Hogger was, Ludo was, what this room was. But... Uh, but he didn't, I don't think he lost anything by not understanding that. So I think you guys have done a great job at making it accessible, not only for us to, you know, obsess about these sort of things, but also people who have never seen the movie can still get a, uh, you know, the experience out of it that I think you guys are going for. And I, I love how, how you interpreted Shaft of Hands to, to work in, in a tunnel, because obviously a, a vertical shaft would be, would be very, very tricky. But just the, uh, mm -hmm. the, 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 the feeling of it is just really, really nice. That yeah, was, this was also one. It does, I will say, it gives me the heebie-jeebies much less once we added the audio, when it was just the silent hands <laughs> without some of the chattering. It was a lot creepier to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this yeah, was the... a fun trying to sculpt a background ends up um, this in the following area ends up being a spiral with a basalt sort of like a curved impossible basalt down Ooh, it bounced back. the whole <laughs> underground area which was fun 
Uh, now, very quickly, sorry guys, I've just discovered my headset's uh, low. I'm going to attempt to get to the ninth hole, uh, and then you can get Emma in, and I'll uh, jump on and I'll watch instead, but uh, so just don't be surprised if I disappear. Okay. <laughs> well, if we lose Fair you, enough. thank you I so am much plugged for joining in. us. I, I am plugged in, uh, and I reckon I've probably got another ten minutes, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of other holes or environments that we sort of like. This was definitely one where like we had to, it took a lot of thinking in order to to figure out how to do the hands in a way that the vertical just wouldn't work. I'm trying to think of any other big sort of like scenes from the movie that we kind of had to reinterpret in a drastically different way. Well, Don, I'm kind of looking at cleaner. you to see if there's any others. Oh, yeah, the tunnel cleaner, definitely yeah. The tunnel cleaner, trying to figure out how to make an endless tunnel not be an endless tunnel. Mm. Mm -hmm. In terms but going of that, put ends on it. That's right. <laughs> really dark don't, ends. Don't don't ruin Brilliant. don't ruin the magic. <laughs> Edward, they'll know. Do you recognize now. any of these hands, Karen? I recognize the the, the face the face uh, uh, the the face here as one of my mm -hmm. favorite uh, faces. I think that was Mac Wilson's uh, team. I think that was a, a face that that he did. Uh, we, we, we would just spend just a long time, everybody just teamed up together. There's some shots in the documentary of, of uh, all of us standing around, uh, uh, just mm -hmm. a, usually about three people on a team, and uh, just trying trying all different kinds of faces. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> How many people were crammed into that tunnel when you actually shot? Well, it was it was like it was a forty foot tall um, shaft, and uh, uh, and we had and we shot it in two in two parts. Um, if you notice, oh, um, <laughs> that that uh, Sarah she folds down once and stops, and they hold her, and then they say, "Oh, she chose down," they let her go. And um, uh, she folds again, and then um, uh, land, ah! lands a different way. Um, <laughs> and uh, all right, so guys, I'm about you. to get kicked out of this thing. So uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Ah, thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is just all about Lovely me, I guess. Okay, you. here we go. So one of the questions we're seeing a lot is about the uh, the sound design and sort of the foley and and the voices and things of like that. So Lucas, do you want to talk mm -hmm. about who and how and how we sort of went about deciding what the the vocalizations would be and the different uh, and the score as well? Yeah. So um, Kirby Medor, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. I just realized I've never said it out loud. Um, but so he was our, or I had worked with him on Ocean Maker, one of uh, the animated films that I had done. And so he did pretty much, I know I mentioned earlier that like the little goblin things, but really everything other than that was all, um, was all Kirby. Um, and yeah, he basically did those more like kind of a typical film um, in that we would sort of like, we basically got the animation done and then he would do all the foley and it definitely shows when you see the other characters 
moving around and like all of those little things that frankly a lot of times you don't necessarily get in a video game because it's so much more um it's usually little tiny chunks of animation that you're having to sort of score to or add, add audio to but yeah the fact that he was able to do all of the little foley bits for every single little thing and every little footstep and all that really sort of like makes it feel more real and tactile man david you've been practicing oh, am, am i am wow. i the captain of letting oh. in, emma enter the room Oh yeah, let her. Uh, let her um, but if let you her could hit, let her um, join. Oh, oh, there's, there, oh, there she is. Okay, so it, it still wants me to choose something. I got this big thing here, yeah. so uh, be kind. Hit uh, um, hit join current hole. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. Oh, yep. sick, Edward. <laughs> so uh, another uh, another question that people are asking right now is. Uh, making the characters, they're loving them. Are we going to be doing more of them? How costly were they technical-wise and um, uh, time-wise to to create? I mean, I think that they were definitely... They were much... I think that we hadn't necessarily planned at the beginning to do as many. And then what it became is that once we had a few characters, it sort of became like, well, now if we don't do that, then people are going to be disappointed that if we don't get to that moment, then you don't see a couple of the, you know, a couple of the other characters. Like even the goblins that are all over the place. Like we didn't have to do those, but it, the the mm. whole course felt a little like it was lacking a bit of life without some of those. Even like having these guys' eyes move, which is a very simple thing. But um, I love, so I love I think seeing that, the, the eyes move on these these guys. It's just so so effective. It's so creepy. Really yeah, nice. Yeah. But so yeah, I think that now that we, I mean, we definitely, so many of on, of us on the team have a animation background. So we weren't so scared of the of animation or the characters. It was more the technical constraints. And one of the big benefits that we got from Labyrinth is that because it's all of these sort of like little areas that you can have a lot more going on in those little areas because when you're in that, you can kind of shut off the rest of the level actually yeah. the hands tunnel was the one where just the sheer no amount of animation going on in there is is was a bit of a tactical challenge but i mm. i feel like we've we've worked it out well enough that in the future we can likely be doing more and i mean knowing karen that you've been you know doing a lot of animation at valve and stuff the big difference with this because we're going for you know quest which is mobile or standalone vr you really have to are you're really limited on the on the number of how complex your rig can be the number of bones just everything is is much much more limited in order for it to run smoothly well, and one thing i'll say is that you know we we learned you know we went have been working with the folks at the jim henson company and they've really helped us like we all had our personal memories of the film, artistic takes, you know, thoughts about it. And I've been lurking on the Labyrinth fan club, you know, sites for months and months and months, <laughs> but uh, they really helped us sort of understand um, that every every creature is somebody's favorite. Um, and mm -hmm. so, and really to make sure that we do that. And I have to mention uh, Jimmy, who we work with, who who um, unfortunately passed away in the in the middle of the process. But he was yeah. so essential in in championing the project and really helping us understand the depth of meaning of of the kind of the legacy of the film, but also just what how the characters needed to feel and the creatures needed to feel. Um, but just really that that piece of 
every creature, every character, every scene sort of matters to someone deeply and that we really needed to sort of get that right. So Jimmy was essential mm -hmm. in that way. Oh yeah, Jim Jim Formanek, he was he was the handsome merchandise guy and just for years sold so many amazing things with, with, with all the, the handsome properties. He was he was, he made mm -hmm. that magic happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Henson definitely does feel like, especially compared to a lot of other places, Henson really does feel like kind of a large extended family. And I know that just the fact that it's been around and been independent for, shoot, it's been 40 years, I guess, 45. I don't even know exactly how, when, when the company itself, but yeah, it was, they were so great to work with. And, and yeah, the fact that we were able to, you know, chat with, you know, chat with everybody and you know even you know lisa came down while we were there on the lot shooting and was able to you know we were able to chat with her a little bit so it was just it was mm. so great to see that that sort of like that that just that vibe and that you know style of of project you know making cool stuff is still alive yeah yeah i and, will say uh... for anyone who complains about this hole i did slow down the tunnel cleaner like <laughs> a decent bit, did. right? It went, uh, it went, it was did. going a little, it was at least twice this fast until a few oh, days boy. before launch. And Noah and we, <laughs> I just watched a few too many people struggle. And I was like, okay, let's, uh, it's a little less realistic to the film, but it's, uh, people can actually complete the whole now. So that's, yeah. a, that's a good sort of jumping off point. I mean, generally speaking, they do get a little bit less challenging, but talk about the balance between, uh, you know, challenging and competitive and just fun you know that's always sort of a, a discussion in terms of how how difficult we make them how accessible we make the different holes yeah i mean Ooh. we definitely try to strike a balance like before. we want people <laughs> i think what we generally try to strive for is a way that someone can can complete a hole like that an average player can can do okay and not get too frustrated on it and a lot of that does come out sort of like once we get it out into beta and we have other, you know, people who have never played the course try it for the first time. It's really, really important to watch how everybody with a really wide variety of skills sets just plays it and does. Um, you get Absolutely, so much out of just yeah. watching it. Yeah. Um, and even sort of like, you know, I, I always wish we had a bit more time to sort of like really dial that in and tweak stuff. The reality is those that by the time that it gets to that point, there's every change is more painful because you're having to you know change it in 10 different places and so many yeah. different people have to be involved anytime there's a change so we we do try to make it as accessible as possible and still be challenging or sometimes provide some alternate ways of playing a hole that might be more advanced but are really really fun but ultimately yeah, yeah it's like we want people to be having fun more than anything else and the nice thing is uh, is that it's also when you're playing with other people it's uh there's a some good-natured ribbing and just trash talking that it seems like always kind of goes into it. I I feel like especially with so many of us, we're being extra nice. Usually we would be throwing a lot more shade than we're than we yeah. are. Yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Mini golf shade. Keeping it in. Yeah. Before we move on, I would like to talk about this. Has the most wonderful special effect that for anyone who's tried to develop on Quest would really appreciate, and that is having lights lighting up the walls as it goes around which mm. you can't afford to do so what 
uh, Craig, our marvelous technical artist, did was create a duplicate of this section of wall and has a material which is just the red pieces moving across it that have been synced to the Whatever. rotation. Mm -hmm. And I just, in fact, if you, marvelous if you get really effect. close, you can, you could even see that the red lights are ever so slightly off the wall, just like by a centimeter or so. If you really want to see how, yeah, how that was working. But yeah, there's a lot of things like that where just even the number of lights that you can have on Quest is, I think you get two, but even those are very expensive. So you want to use them very, very cautiously. So I know we're, we're a ways away. Are we going to do a full 18 or just this nine? I think it might need to be just this nine, probably. We got started a little bit late, but... Well, let me, let me go ahead and we ask can... this question then. So we got a lot of questions about hole 17. People want to know, like, technical challenges, you know, special effects, all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. So do we want to <sighs> sort of talk about that? Or we could even uh, fly over there and just have a look and end the discussion there. Yeah, might, why don't we uh, just to, to jump up and yeah? And, uh... Why don't we do that? So yeah, why don't we um, why don't we all just head over to hole seventeen? All right. So we're gonna be here. A while. <laughs> I will say it is so much fun seeing the reactions of people like just the the you know people who are streaming their playthrough for the very first time once they mm. get to hole seventeen and just sort of like the, that reaction because you do sort of turn a corner and you're just there and it's such an iconic location from the film. But then when people play it and also get the reaction because if uh, I'm guessing most of the people watching have, have played it at this point, but there's some really, the, the gravity does change and just seeing it happen. I remember the first time we were testing it out and when it worked, and I remember just like giddily laughing like a like a schoolgirl for a good like three minutes. It's just like it works. I can't believe it works. But it's just a very surreal feeling when you first see it, especially in VR, because it does feel so it does feel real and like you're there. And so when you see that ball just suddenly start going the opposite way. Um, but yeah, so hey, there was guys, I mean you, there's definitely you guys just just, just popped over there, right? Is that right? You guys just uh, went over yeah, there? Yeah, so yeah, if, okay, let if me... you hit the A button, you can go up to um, the big God view and then just uh, point at 17 and click on it. So that's the quickest way go. to get there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is um, amazing. And because that, that set was like, they built that set. And oh, really? That was all, like it wasn't being, matte paintings? It was all an entirely enclosed sort I, I, of physical? I think just just, just a, a little bit of, of matte things, but there was just so much. It, it, from what I remember, there was like this much of the set they actually built. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, that's 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 what I remember. And I, I was puppeteering the the puppet Toby. Oh, and, really? Uh, so like like <laughs> yeah, was, was, there was a puppet, the upside down uh, Toby, and then the one that's kind of sitting over the edge of the stairs. I don't know if they've got that part in here, but uh, uh, yeah, that was you know they, they, it was because it was a real set. And so, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, so they they had me with with the with the, the puppet way up there on the safety line. There's upside down Toby. Um, uh, um, and maybe uh, Emma and Edward, you guys can talk a little bit about building this because Emma, I think you did most of the pieces, and then Edward, you did a lot of the 
I'm, I could be mixing that up, so feel free to correct me. But yeah, just talking about like kind of reconstructing this in VR. Yeah, this is pretty much yes. all Edward. Haha! <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's me. It was. It was about the most satisfying thing I've ever done in my career, and mm. I know that I'm going to be looking back on this in years and going, "This was the it." Um, trying to. We're going to share this at your memorial, non- Edward. It's true. <laughs> thank you. Thank One day. You. I want sure. my tombstone to look like this. If we could build this room as a mausoleum, then I'm happy. Got it. Uh, we have that on really, record. As, as fun as we think how much we can cheat, the, it, building sets in VR, we don't have, at least on the quest, uh, the joy of building a non-Euclidean space. So this it had to all be uh, work and fit in the rest of the level. So there's the rest of the labyrinth had to all be curved but not squeeze into here and this had to look infinite and confusing but not interact with the rest of the level and it had to all fit that if you wanted to build Mm. this as a theme park this would all work and that was just the most fun challenge I could possibly imagine yeah that all of this underground stuff was a big challenge that yeah literally if you fly up through the floor you'll be in the throne room in like a couple of feet. So yeah, it, it really is very similar to how you would do a real life thing where it's it's all built out to fit exactly together like a great big jigsaw puzzle. Even, yeah. the, even the void from the 18th hole sort of like perfectly conforms to the underside of the of the labyrinth so that it's using every possible inch of it that it can. But, mm. uh, but yeah, I remember there was so also, this was one of the, the one of the other spots where we had to do a bit of the uh, where we had also tried doing the forced perspective like having the the doorways go off into nothing and that was another spot that we ended up like oh no we actually need to build all those stairways for real um because mm. you just really noticed if if they weren't sort of like if it didn't feel like you could walk up and down them so i think we've got just a time for a couple more coconut questions for karen and then uh Probably that, that'll be a wrap for us. Um, so any other final questions for Karen? We so appreciated your time and getting to uh, spend a little bit of time with you. Oh, it's been so, so fun sharing, sharing this with, with, you, with you guys and hearing, hearing people's uh, questions uh, uh, about the movie. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm maybe my one last question would be is, oh, go ahead. <laughs> Edward, you go. I was gonna... Sorry, I'm on a delay. Wrong country. Um, is there a dream project for you that you haven't been able to work on, but something that you know, is niggling in the back of your mind that you want to get to one day? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> you know, right now I've worked on so many amazing projects with amazing people that, that audiences have, have loved. It, it's like, I can't imagine where you could go from there. I've just been so lucky and so so fortunate um so uh yeah i i i don't i don't really know there's there's my 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 cup is full (laughs) (laughs) teacup is full (laughs) i love it i think i was gonna ask a combination of one did you ever think that that labyrinth would become a mini golf course and two, what would be your dream mini golf course? If you could play any mini golf course that doesn't exist, what would it be? Oh, Fraggle Rock. Come on. There you go. <laughs> yes. There you go. 
That's that's you that's just want to be invited back for another stream, don't you? There we go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, can, can you imagine playing playing mini golf in the Gorg's garden? But of course, the Gorgs are Gorg size, and you are Fraggle size. That mm. would. Uh, oh, I got you thinking uh. now. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> or shrinking down to Doozer size and playing golf with with uh, uh, Doozers if you're Doozer size. Wow. <laughs> so many ideas. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks everybody so much. Um, more fun to Thank come. You, Everyone everybody. stay tuned. Thank you so much, Karen. It's been a real pleasure. Um, hooray to the team. Woo thanks to all the viewers for tuning in. Um, <laughs> see you on the course. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Yeah,